It's hard to believe 1996 was the year I got saved. I was 18 years old. <laughs> 18 years old. Straight off the streets of Columbia, South Carolina. And the backdrop, my goodness, the backdrop to my story is just unbelievable. But yet it was so true. It was so real. Not too long before my salvation, I found myself going to jail for the first time. One of the most scariest times of my life. I was so high from smoking weed that I passed out in the back seat of my car. And the three other guys that were in my car were high too. Only one of them had a a lot of crack cocaine on them. I didn't know that. And when I passed out in the back seat, I woke up to blue lights all around us. Uh, The brother in the front in the driver's seat told me I had a license. And then when I woke up, he screamed. I saw him in my face screaming like, switch up with me. Get in the front seat. I don't have a license. I'm not knowing what's going on. I had passed out, came back too. Um, And so I was just high as I don't know what. I I switched up seats with him, you know, and it was had been an interesting scene for the police because we did it right in front of him. Well, when the police came to the to the car, they dragged us all out of the car and um, locked us up, took me to jail. And when they brought me in to the room, I saw a bottle of Advil, a bottle of chapstick, or, you know, a thing of chapstick. And um, I, I just thought the police might have had a headache and some dry lips. Well, he obviously was quite frustrated that I was just sitting there not saying anything. He banged his hands on the table. He says, don't try to play stupid with me. He opens up the chapstick bottle, the Advil bottle, and dumps crack all over the table. Now, I've seen it before, but I didn't know it was in my car. I didn't know that brother was selling it. And, man, I told him, I was like, that's not mine. And so they gave us all two 30-year possession with intent to distribute crack cocaine within a half a mile of a school. Serious federal charges. All four of us received two 30-year charges. Now, this is my first time to jail. I get out on a personal recognizance bond. And about a week or so before that, I got in a big fight up at the high school. Uh, The same guys and a few more of us drove up there and we jumped some of these guys on the track team uh, because they were going after my girlfriend and I was jealous. You know, I had to stand up for my manhood you know, you you can't have my girl. You know, you ain't, you ain't going to be dedicating those songs on the radio to her and get away with it. We go up there smoking about eight blunts, getting so high. Go down there, get in a big old fight on the track field. And when we walk away, the coach of that track team got my license plate. And who went to jail for a second time? Me and me alone. Now, I didn't rat on my my friends. So I took that charge. 15 year, they called it second degree lynching charge in the state of South Carolina. First of all, I ain't hang nobody. I was like, lynching? What you talking about? But they explained to me it's when a whole bunch of people jumped someone else. So I didn't confess who was with me. And they locked me up, gave me a 15 year charge. Well, I got out of jail. And then uh, the same guys I jumped were threatening to kill me. 
So I was afraid and I stole my stepdad's nine millimeter pistol, went to the mall to meet my girlfriend. And as I was walking her to her car, I had a feeling that something bad was going to happen. Sure enough, when I started walking back, a van rolled up on me. About eight of those guys jumped out to jump me. So I pulled out the gun in broad daylight, aimed it at those brothers. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, I got 16 bullets. There's eight of them. There's two apiece. And right before I was getting ready to pull the trigger, uh, I heard a word. I heard somebody speak to my heart. It was crazy. Nobody was behind me. Now I know it was God, but back then I didn't know what was going on. But I heard something say, put the gun away. And I put the gun back in my waist, and I started walking off trying to get get out of that mall. Well, the police caught up with me, took me outside, questioned me. I was getting ready to let go, and this lady looks at me and says, Sir, that man has a gun in his waist. And they, next thing I know, they lift up my shirt, pull the gun out, throw me on the ground. Bam, throw me in the car. And they give me two one-year pistol charges while I was riding in the backseat of the the police car, uh, the policeman said, if I knew you had that gun on you in that mall, I would have shot you in the back of your head. Ain't that something? I tell you, uh, I had a rough life. A lot of the reasons why is because I got myself into that stuff. Well, anyways, fast forward now. The day of my sentencing, I'm standing before the judge. They ran all my charges concurrent. I was facing 77 years in federal prison. Now, I was 18 years old. That means I would have got out of what, like when I was 90-something years old. Man, it's crazy. I would probably would have died in prison. So, of course, you know how it is when you get in trouble. Your life is on the line. Uh, you may not know the Lord, but you sure enough will call on him. And I was praying in that courtroom. I wasn't gangster no more. And I said, God, if you get me out of this, I ain't going back. Please get me out of this. I was begging God. Next thing I know, the judge calls the lawyer up, calls the solicitor up. They're having a conversation. I'm like, "What, man, this must be bad. They're talking about how deep they're going to bury me. Well, I didn't know that one of the guys, the guy that had the crack, actually owned up to his charges. And they had dropped the, the two 30-year crack charges on the, other, the, the three of us that were in that car. So they automatically dropped the two 30-year crack charges. So I went from facing 77 years to facing 17 years. And anybody that's ever been to jail knows one day in jail is like a 1,000 years, well, at least to me. But uh, anyways, 77, 17 years, I was like, man, I'm at the man up and do all this time. And so next thing I know, they dropped the second-degree lynching to a simple assault and dropped that for time served because I spent about a month in jail. And I was like, wow, I went from facing now 17 years to facing two years. Man, I don't want to go to prison, but I'm a, it looks like I'm going to have to man up and do it two years. And as I was thinking that, the judge took the two years, reduced it to one year probation, and I walked out the courtroom a free man. Couldn't believe it. Completely stunned. Get out of jail. And you would think all that would be enough to, to uh, wake me up, but it wasn't. I was back in the clubs, selling weed, smoking, drinking, doing everything I wanted to do. But, but real soon down the line, about six months later, I was living across the street from a church in Columbia, South Carolina. 
And I decided after selling weed to the kids at the Family Life Center to go to church on a Sunday morning. Well, when I walked into that apostolic Pentecostal church, I'd never been in that type of environment before in my life. I came during prayer and I heard people praying in different languages and I thought I was in a cult. I was like, Lord, if you get me up out of here, I ain't never coming back. <laughs> Man, I went all the way to the back of the church, sat on that pew, and the choir marched in. See, that was back in the days when the choirs used to march in, singing their songs. And they, they were marching in, and it sounded so beautiful what they were singing. And I said, man, something different about this place. And then when the pastor got up, he started preaching. The power of God was moving through the house. I didn't know it was the Holy Ghost. I just know I felt some type of power. I felt something different than all the other churches I ever been to in my life. And I said in my mind, I got to come back. I got to come back. And they made the announcement that they have night service at 7. Well, I'm coming back. So I, I came back that night, and instead of sitting all the way on the back pew, I sat all the way on the front. See, that's why you got to come expecting something from God. Don't come with no expectations. Come expecting something. Even if you don't know what to expect, just expect that God is going to do something in your life. See, I came to church that night, sat on the front pew. I ain't know nothing about no rules, who sits where, any of that stuff. I didn't even know if they had those rules. They probably did, but, you know, it was a night service. So I sat up front. Bishop William Lee Bonner was preaching the word, and the place was on fire. And this young man comes running past me a few times, and about the third time he stops and he asks me if I'm saved. And I was like, man, I don't know, saved from what? And I, while I'm crying and snot coming out my nose, and he right there opens the Bible and shows me you know, that I needed to repent of my sins, that I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That God wants to give me a new life. He wants to change me. He wants to transform me. And at that point of time, I remember saying to myself, I've never felt like this before. I've tried everything else that this world had to offer. Now it's time to try him. And I sure did. I repented. I turned from my sins. I got baptized at night in the name Lord Jesus Christ. And then they said, man, look now, you got to come back and Terry for the Holy Ghost. I was like, all right. I mean, I don't know who Terry is. They're talking about coming to a Terry service. I was like, I don't know who Terry is, but I'll come. <laughs> well, tearing was just waiting on the Holy Ghost. And I got there that Friday night and I got on my knees on the altar and I just gave God what they said is the highest praise, which was hallelujah. And I kept saying hallelujah over and over, found myself crying again, saying hallelujah, hallelujah over and over. And all of a sudden I started feeling a bunch of joy. So I jumped up, turned around and the ladies that were praying next to me, I looked down and said, I got the Holy Ghost. And the lady looked up at me. She said, no, nah, baby, no, nah, baby, he's dealing with you. You need the fullness you need the fullness. And I got mad because, see, I didn't understand. And I walked out the church. I left them on the altar. And I was like, I'm out of here. So I'm walking across the road going back home. I was mad at first, but then I started crying. And I was talking to God. So you got to talk to God. It doesn't matter where you're at. You don't have to be in the church building. You can talk to him right now where you're, where you're listening to this podcast at. I walked across the street. I said to the Lord, Lord, they say I need the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I ain't never heard of that before, but Lord, if it's real, I want the Holy Ghost. I don't want him next week. I don't want him next year. I want him right now. I want him tonight. And I went into my apartment and got on my knees in my bedroom, kept on saying hallelujah over and over. And all of a sudden, just like the Bible said, like a mighty rushing wind, 
the Lord baptized me with the Holy Ghost. And I began to speak in other languages and other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. And look, I was speaking all night long. It was so powerful that I even had a vision. I saw myself preaching to a stadium full of people. White, black, Korean, Chinese, Japanese out of every nation. As a matter of fact, I remember standing up on my feet in my little old duplex apartment bedroom. Um, <laughs> and, and I was had my eyes closed, but I was preaching to them. But I was actually speaking in tongues. It was powerful. And so that, that, that went on pretty much all night until the morning came. And I was like, I got to go to church and tell somebody what done happened to me. When I walked outside, guess what happened? The same people that we used to sell weed to, we used to sell dope to, were sitting on my front porch. Before I could even say anything, they looked up at me. They looked me in my eyes. And they said, man, Abraham, we know what happened to you last night. You got the Holy Ghost. Boy, I could not believe it. Same people I was selling crack and dope to and all that stuff looked up at me. And they confirmed that I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Man, I took off running up to the church, and I've been running ever since. I want to encourage you, you know, you may have not been facing 77 years like me uh, in prison, but you've gone through your ups and your downs. Maybe you was born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and you had it good all your life. But look, we're all born in sin. We're all shaped in iniquity. and sin, our mothers gave birth to us, and, and today is the day of salvation. doesn't matter where you're at. What you've done and, and what people have put on your life or, or said you would be and, or said you wouldn't be. None of that matters in God's eyes. He loves you. He loves you so much that he came in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ, he died for you. He suffered, bled, and died. Went into the grave, was resurrected out of the grave by the power of the Holy Ghost. He's ascended up into the heavens. And every single day he's filling men and women with the Holy Ghost just like you. If you need the Holy Ghost, you ain't even got to go to the church. Find a good Bible-believing church, an apostolic, Pentecostal, biblical, fundamentally sound church. Find one to go to or just follow First Fruits Community Church online. But don't wait another day. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I guarantee you, if you believe and you repent and you turn your heart to Him and you praise Him, He'll do it. He'll do it for you. And God will change and transform your whole life. God bless you. Follow us. First Fruits Community Church. This is Pastor Abraham Bellinger. If you want to sow into our ministry, we would definitely appreciate it. But we're just so happy and thankful that we have been given the ability to sow into your life. We love you. God's blessings be upon you. And peace be upon you in Jesus' name.